Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. Oh, this is a special episode of the podcast, John. Um, yes, yes it is. They've done it, John. They gave me they what I it. wanted. They Well, technically. I don't think they've given it to me the way I wanted it, but they've given me what I wanted. They remade the Aragon movie because the first one, like the first live action movie was terrible. What live action movie? It didn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> they said they made the dragon armor overnight. What about the dwarves? Who, the, what about the freaking dwarf? Mm, I hate that movie. Don't get me started. Um, they didn't even put Solemn Bomb in it. How dare you? But GW has come to rectify this grave, grave misgiving. Um... John and I, on the last episode, had talked about how much uh, we really, really liked the new dragons that were revealed. And I expressed how much I would love a way to have a full dragon army. And just this week, we've been given the news that it's happening. That there will be a way to play an army of all dragon riders. And dragons, dragons, dragons. And we are so excited that we thought we'd make a whole episode on it. Is it necessarily relevant to the hot button topics of the community? Nope. Is it talking about the toxic tournament scene? Nope. Is it probably relevant to anyone other than us and our buddy Tanner who keeps making memes about me? Nope. But yet here we are because we're just too excited. I got to talk about it. So, consider this a lighter episode, and we hope y'all like it. But first, hobby time and games played. Woo! Alright, John. Hobby time, games played. What you been up to? So, uh, exceptionally relevant with this episode as well, I've kept working on Stormcast. <laughs> Yet again. At least you're consistent. Yeah, I, I'm really trying to hammer it down. I've also haven't had like a ton of time to do hobbies, so it's like when I can, I do. I do the like get some paint on the brush, even if it's for 20 minutes, like mm -hmm. technique of trying to hammer through and get something Little done. Little bits count, definitely. Yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing. Uh, I'm looking at getting an airbrush in the not-too-distant future, hopefully, and I think that will really speed up a lot of my painting, because as it is right now, I'm sure some of you can feel this pain, uh, base coating without an airbrush takes a long time. It does, and it's hard to get the, the layers the right consistency while also getting them to go on in one coat. It's just it's just hard. Yeah, and so I'm hoping that speeds it up. Um, also wanting to see more of these battle tomes as they get released. I want to see like more codexes. Like I'm having a hard time. Like I, I'm in a weird spot waiting in AOS for both Stormcast and Cruel Boys potentially, and also waiting for Tau or waiting for Chaos to get a codex. And then other than that, I have Space Marines to work on, which again I think will just look better with an airbrush. They do. Mine looked much better after airbrush. And so it's work on Stormcast because that's not 
terrible to do with a regular brush. Um, also, I don't know how much airbrushing metallics as a beginner airbrush painter will go. So you know. It's not too bad. <laughs> I'll give you the crash course I gave Corwin. I think you'll do fine. Yeah, we'll have to have a whole whole time about it where we come hang out and eat pizza and airbrush stuff together. Yeah, that's what I did with Corwin. He came up for, well, he came down for a weekend because he lives in the hellscape that is Cleveland. <laughs> he came down and uh, he crashed at my place for an entire weekend and we just airbrushed and watched movies. That was all we did. Turn on movies, run airbrush. And uh, I kind of taught him everything he needs to know really, really quickly. And... Um, by the end, he left feeling comfortable. So I think we could do the same with you. Just sit you down in a room and knock it out. Yeah. And then otherwise, like non-Warhammer related, I'm heavily looking at getting into Conquest and also Battletech. Uh, same. Battletech looks, like a, yeah, Battletech looks like a very fun system, but also low cost to get into. I mean, your Lance is four models. Like, yeah, and not bad. We'll probably talk about it on the show whenever we actually try it. Um, I want to just, I've been playing MechWarrior Online a lot more lately. I like the setting. And so I want to, I want to play with Big Stomp Robot Plastic Army Men. So. And you could 3D print pretty much every uh, mech in the game so we could have whatever we wanted. Yeah. And the rules, from what I understand and have been explained to, uh, really support playing any mech that's in the universe you just have to find or make a model for it. And, well, 3D printer. <laughs> yeah. 3D printer go burr. Well, Joe, what have you been doing? Ooh. So, I've both done a lot and nothing. Allow me to explain. Um, as I have been talking about for the past few weeks, uh, my wife and I are getting ready to close on our first ever house. And with that has come just a bunch of stuff that has to get done. And uh, including shopping for, like, a whole house of furniture, which we never did before. Uh, we're still rocking the college furniture that you get of hand-me-downs and dumpster dives that none of it matches and everything's broken. And we're trying to upgrade. So that has been a very, very time-consuming process to look for stuff online and to visit, I think we went to five? Yeah, five different furniture stores. And also running down paperwork, it's it's just been busy. So I haven't done a whole lot of hobby. However, I did get to play a game. That was a thing that happened. And I have specifically not talked to John about it because I wanted to save it for this episode. Well, tell me about this game then. Yeah, so we had some of the local folks get together. And uh, my buddy Jake has recently painted up his Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Well, he painted most of them a while ago. But he recently painted up Catacross. And he wanted to throw them on a table. So we played a 1,000 point game of Age of Sigmar. And he played OBR with Catacros. And I played Sylvaneth. Because I really wanted to see where they were at in the new edition. And it became, for both of us, the most frustrating game of Age of Sigmar that we may have ever played. Um, oh yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh... So, John, have you ever played a game of 40k or Age of Sigmar where you get to the, like, second turn and you go, Holy crap! Everything's dead! None of us have armies! We just smashed the shit out of each other! Well, guess that's game, but it was fun, huh? Like, have you ever had that experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this was the opposite of that experience. 
<laughs> so nothing died? Nothing anywhere. Nothing on either side. Not a single unit died. Not one. The nature of the game, like, Ossiarc Bone Reapers are extremely hardy and can grind away. And uh, I uh, was playing Sylvaneth with... Uh, uh, essentially, I wanted to try to see how well that like board wide plus one to save thing was going. Well, it's not technically board wide, but for my army, it was board wide because Kurnoth Hunters. Um, and I wanted to try out the new rules, so we did. And uh, we had like a diagonal deployment with three objectives across the middle. And I knew that he was too slow to get to all three. So I got uh, two of the objectives, turn one. And then I just started contesting the other two because I knew he couldn't walk over to the third one and contest it at any point in the game. So the game became two objective points that we just noodle fought on. That we, like angry chicks on Jerry Springer, fought on. Slapping each other, but really doing no damage. Um, my Karnoth hunters would swing at his OBR and they have like... Three, three plus ignoring rend re-rollable saves so like very little would die there and then he would attack me and my Kurnos had a three up save so very little would die there um the tree lord that i had in combat had a two up save very like he took damage but then i'd heal him back up so he didn't die um some dryads died, but not even a full unit of dryads died. Like, th four of them were left, so nothing happened there. And when I did kill some of his stuff, of course they regenerate. So I'd be like, haha, I got, you know, seven of your foot troops. And then he'd bring back six of his foot troops. So nothing would happen. And uh, at the end of the game, I won. And... Uh, it was the least satisfying victory I've ever had. Um, yeah, that sounds kind of like a nightmare. It was. He was frustrated. I was frustrated. It was rough. It was rough. It, we were on the edge of our seats, but neither of us got to the end of that game and went, man, that was really fun. <laughs> well, it's like a, like a movie that's constantly building up like pressure and tension, but nothing ever breaks it. Yeah. Like, nothing actually happens. It's just tension, 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 tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the game, allow me to describe to you the entirety of the dead pile. Okay, this is game-wide across five turns of combat constantly. He had lost two stalkers, and I had lost two Kurnoth hunters and six dryads. <laughs> Two of uh, that's upsetting. Yeah, both of my units of Kurnoths had lost one Kurnoth apiece, and my Dryad unit was knocked down by six. That was it. <laughs> uh, it was absolutely pitiful. Uh, and I got the victory because Sylvaneth like just let me let me get on the objectives before he could, and he had no way to speed across the board and contest all of them. Um. And I just kind of leaned into him. However, every time I had an objective to, like, kill a unit, there was one time where I had to, like, kill a 
a battle line troop, and I got it down to one guy. And then he filled the unit back up. Ugh. It's frustrating. So, I mean, on one hand, Sylvadeth way tankier. Like, <laughs> no longer made of paper, at least not in this build, which is cool. Big tanky. Much tanky. However, still hit with pool noodles. Um, I have never, ever thought that a unit of three Kurnoth hunters with scythes would bounce off of a men-sized unit of foot troops, but they do. They, they just do. Um, and for Jake, it was really frustrating to have Ossiarch not be able to use all the new command abilities. That was, oh, that was rough. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. So we got done with the game. It was really late. Uh, we obviously ended up having to decide victory a little fast, but I mean, we got through all five turns. It was, whew, something. And uh, it has given me some motivation to paint my Beast Claw Raiders because I want to lose or win in turn two. I, none of this turn five grinding with no dead pile nonsense. No, 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 no. Well, you don't like playing Skaven? No, no, no. I am here to turn, I'm here to kick on my monster truck and charge into the enemy line, and I will either shatter them under my hooves, or I will lose greatly. And that's fine. I picture, I picture your Beast Claw Raiders just blaring Kickstart My Heart from Motley Crue and charging yes. <laughs> into combat. <laughs> you have figured out the tactical nuance of that force. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that sounds so good. So good. Uh, so I'm inspired to do that. And also... Uh, in hobby, well, it's definitely hobby news. I, uh, so we had those games. And, uh, like, myself and my friend Jake have been into this for a long time. Our friend Mo got into it pre-COVID and, you know, now was very happy to get back to playing. But our friend Bees has played for a while and then took a long break from the game. And he wasn't sure he was going to come back. Uh, but he played himself the new third edition and had a shocking amount of fun and uh, wants to try to, like, relight the fires. So, after some conversing, uh, we are going to finally do a crusade campaign where the four of us are going to get together, each of us slow grow a force. And uh, that is so terribly exciting because as a, you know, a more narrative-leaned player... Uh, Crusade just sounds like it's the bee's knees and I've never had a chance to give it a whirl, but now I can. Uh, Jake is going to build his ultramarines. Uh, uh, my friend Mo is going to build sisters of battle. Uh, Andrew or bees as we call them is going to build, uh, Tyranids and grow up his own high fleet. And, uh, I am going to build orcs until the cows come home. I've been very confused because you said the third edition and then started talking about 40k. <laughs> I was just like, oh no, what? <laughs> he played a game of AOS third edition and then got excited ah. about the hobby in general and now is willing to come and try 40k. But third edition's rules are what kind of got him to be like, all right, I'll try this again. So that will be on the horizon, but I got to get my hands on the new orcs. It's hard. And GW is unfortunately, I'm assuming, facing some problems with uh, shipping again. Because the new Orc stuff, we don't even have a release date yet. But hopefully we get that soon and I can 
start posting some progress on Instagram of uh of me building a an orc wall for the crusade game. It's still hot orc summer and it's also going to be hot orc fall and potentially even hot orc winter. Uh it will be hot orc eternity if I enjoy this codex as much as I think I will. And I probably will. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited to kind of smash faces. Uh, and I think it also will give us an opportunity to actually make an episode on Crusade. The things we like, things don't like, and maybe how we modified it and would recommend you modify it. Because right off the bat, there are some things that I think we're going to end up changing. But all that stuff for a later time once I've got some experience with it. Yep, I'm also wanting to start a local Crusade League soon once I've got some more area to play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's really what i'm waiting for yeah you do need a little bit of room to consistently get together especially because it's a system that requires you playing over weeks or months depending on how long y'all want to play um and having a little bit of room is just a good idea but if you have one and i have one we can reconnoiter and help people out there have one and i love it and of course i feel in my near future there may also be some dragons sitting on my table dragons you say dragons so i think we've kind of beat around the bush a little bit but john dragons are back no longer yes are they extinct yes uh technically dragons never left because dragon ogres exist but we don't talk about that they're not dragons (laughs) they're they're Tarek creatures. I had like a, a like the 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 smallest of an inclination that this was going to happen when they released Kragnos because they they really leaned heavily hard into Kragnos's backstory of he fought dragons, he destroyed dragon eggs, he was responsible for all this. Talking about dragons, like there's a lot about Kragnos in which they're like dragons, 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 and. It just makes sense for them to have the big dragon models, and now they have Stormcast riding dragons, and like, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, I looked at them and I went, oh man, I'm gonna have to buy them. Like, I'm gonna (laughs) have to play dragons with my Stormcast. Yeah. Yeah, I am, I don't know, I've got some different feelings on the riders, but I guess we should start at the bottom. So, dragons. Where, why haven't there been, like, dragons in the faction, or draconith, as they call true dragons? Because, um, like, we've seen dragons in other factions, like the, the old stuff from Warhammer Fantasy Battles, largely that is sitting in uh, Cities of Sigmar, like uh, Dark Elf on Black Dragon. Um, those things exist, but they aren't true dragons the way you and I know them. They aren't dragons like Smaug, for example. That are these They're not like D&D dragons. Yeah, they're not ancient, unknowable, hyper-intelligent creatures who are masters of claw and magic. Um, they're kind of like, they seem to be treated more like wyverns, uh, kind of lower intelligence. Uh, and for a long time, the true dragons were called Draconith. And they've been gone from the setting. It was one of the tragedies that they were extinct. And, of course, now we know why they went extinct with the release of Kragnos, who, of course, is the god of destruction, or essentially a living god of destruction, 
who in the ancient, ancient times went to war with the dragons and killed not only all of their adults, but crushed their eggs and intentionally tried to wipe them out as a species. And at least so we thought succeeded. However, recently there was a, a short story put out by GW. They put them out like once a week where a skink uh, inside of a, a sort of starship, because Seraphon have spaceships. It, it's a whole other episode topic. Um, the ship sort of dropped him into a dark room, and he was grabbed by a, a superior who essentially went, great, I needed a new worker. The ship selected you, follow me. And after walking through all these arcane barriers and runes, he comes into a room with a amber sort of fossilized egg on a pedestal and this sort of coalesced beam of energy hits it from a crystal gem it glows and then after a few moments the egg cracks open very jurassic park style and out comes a small almost helpless draconith not like drake draconith wings and all and uh, the skink essentially says, you, you brought one back? And the star priest smiles and motions his hand to the, the blank walls around him and the walls melt away. And around them is a pocket dimension that is the size of Gur, that is uh, essentially a detailed recreation of ancient Gur. And they are sort of hovering high in the sky above it and soaring in the sky beneath them and above the plains are Draconith, and a lot of them. And uh, this has been a, it's revealed that this has been a long-term project by the Seraphon to bring the Draconith back into the mortal realms, to give them another chance at rebuilding their society, which was lost. And... They obviously have been out of the game, so to speak, for so long. They don't understand the politics of the realms or what's going on. And the Seraphon feel that they need stewards to kind of teach them. They're, you know, they're incredibly intelligent and they use magic and stuff, but they need someone to teach them what the world is now. So they have, I don't know if I'd say gifted, but they have entrusted them to the Stormcast Eternals. And... That short story was super cool. Love everything about it. Love the Jurassic Park vibes. I mean, who doesn't have the image of the Velociraptor poking out of the egg from when we were kids? Like, God, such a good scene. And uh, I'm also picturing like you looking like Doctor Grant, like like Grant getting out of the jeep, taking off some sunglasses, and going, "They do Roman hurts, <laughs> and it's just dragons <laughs> flying." If you think that wasn't my exact reaction to the article, you're wrong, because you got me. Um, yeah, it's very exciting, and I know it is kind of a weird thing to make a whole episode about, but I just like dragons. They're so cool. Uh, if, if you're not excited about dragons, I'm sorry. This whole episode, th this episode's kind of for us. It's also for you if you're excited about dragons. If you want to be excited with us. Yeah, I know somewhere out there Tanner's having a great time and Shane's having a great time. So good for y'all. <laughs> but like as a child, uh, you know, 
I loved Lord of the Rings and I loved old school D&D and the pure distilled wonder of the fantasy genre was distilled into dragons. They're yeah, like they are fantasy personified. Every bit of wonder and mystery that you could sort of wring out of these worlds are probably exemplified in a dragon. Uh, yeah, I mean, and take it a step further. Like, I'm sure, like as a teenager, you got it in D and D, like I did, and dragons are like intricately part of that. Oh yeah, everybody's classic like fundamental thing with fantasy is dragons and Lord of the Rings. Like it's those two things that everyone's just like, I know about Sauron and the one ring and hobbitses and dwarves and also dragons. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, of course there have been other mediums across time for me. D and D probably set the hook at first. Cause I'm still looking at my third edition Dragonomicon poster with the different dragon colors and species. Um, but, of course, since then, we've also had the entirety of the Aragon series, which we referenced at the beginning of the show. It's totally surrounding writers connecting with and becoming sort of soul-bonded with dragons. Great series, if you never read it. And even bigger since then, of course, Game of Thrones. Now, I know that one leaves a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth, so I get it, but... The dragons there were very cool. None of us can deny it. They weren't always used the coolest way, but they themselves were cool. And, uh, I don't know. There is something that makes these creatures compelling for not just us, but also our ancestors. I mean, they're, they're all over the earth in all sorts of different varieties. Uh, folklore is just chock full of them and the idea of them. So... I think it's not surprising that a lot of people are really excited to see them in their favorite game. And oh yeah, I'm extremely excited. I have a couple of like criticisms, but I'm still very oh, excited. Yeah. We'll get to those later. Um and then like they're back, but in what forms? You know, that's the important thing. So John, what kind of dragons are we getting? You know, when we say dragons are back, what do we mean exactly? So, we're definitely getting the two big dragons. The big red scar dragon, my boy. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Yep, yep. Uh, we're getting the smaller and more magic-focused blue dragons. Rondas. That, yeah, which is very... How do I put it? Uh, noble, I guess, is the best way to put it. It seems like like it's, it's like they're serving, serving next to Sigmar on the council, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, the... The new dragons that we're talking about this week that allow you to take a full army of dragons are Stormcast riding dragon mounts, have partnered dragon mounts, which I love. Like, uh, full disclosure, I love. I think it's great. I read a lot of, like, dragon rider-style fantasy when I was younger and, like, had minor fantasies as, like, a little boy going, I wish I had a pet dragon that I also, like, bonded with, like, a pack mate and also did magic with. Same, dude. Cool stuff and can't camped out under the stars with a dragon and was just like, yeah, we learned magic and I learned how to fight with a sword. And also, this is my really cool best friend, Dragon. <laughs> this is uh, my bud. He eats people sometimes and he's very cool. <laughs> like, it's very rad. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, what we're getting is we're getting an HQ piece that when you take it, it allows you to take the other riders as battle line. Yep. And it is called a Knight Draconis. 
uh, has a flaming sword, big round shield, super cool. He's a hero on a dragon. Yeah. Big hero uh, on big, well, slightly smaller than the huge dragons. I feel like I need to pull out the yeah. D&D size scale to have this discussion. Probably about a medium-sized dragon. Yeah. I'd call it adult. Uh, Karandas yeah. and the Scar Dragon seem like ancient dragons, so to speak. For those of you who are familiar with D&D, um, they are like at the peak of their power. Um the one that the hero, the ones that like the Stormcaster riding seem like adults. Um, so not peaked out, but certainly a incredible mount to have. And the fact that that hero makes all of the other dragon riders battle lines means you can take a full dragon army. Full stop. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to see lore wise like. Rules-wise, they could be bad. I'm still going to take them. Like, if they're great, awesome. If they're bad, I'm still taking them. My Stormcast are supposed to be, like, a fun, casual army. I don't... I'm just excited about them. But specifically, they call out in the article where they show them that they have a symbiotic relationship together. Like, the rider and the dragon form a symbiotic relationship. And I want to see how far that goes and how good it is. Um... I have a genuine concern that they're going to go the Grimdark route here, and I really hope they don't, because I want this... I know, like, Age Sigmar is still supposed to be a little Grimdark, but I want this to be just Noble Bright. Like, I want I want best friends. I want Stormcast Paladin, best friends with Dragon, and that's just how it is. <laughs> and they, 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 they ride to war together and die together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want the Aragorn-style connection. Where they can like hear each other's voices in their head, they can share energy, the whole nine yards. Um, I think that would be so cool, and uh, I I very much so in my future see uh, a bunch of dragons sitting on my table. But I'm gonna customize mine because I want an all dragon army. And if there are stormcasts sitting on top of my dragons, then they ain't dragons, and it's not an all dragon army. So I'm gonna heavily start doing i'd have to do some customizations to get them riders off of there but i think uh i'll probably turn it into part of the story you know my force is maybe they'll call themselves like the unbound they are dragons who believe that they should rebuild their society themselves not with the hands of mortals or demigods purely with their own hands because only through something that they make themselves can they call their own. And that'll be their lore. And that, like, there just aren't writers that they feel are worthy of writing them. And I'll convert all the saddles off and add the big dragons in and paint them up maybe like platinum dragons or silver dragons. Because platinum's hard to paint. And send them free yeah. on the battlefields. They could be so cool. That sounds great. I'm I'm gonna keep the riders on them because I still have that like childhood attachment to like dragon riders as a concept. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm very very excited for them. But Joe, I feel like there's also some criticism we do need to give, and not just fanboy about these dragons that we love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I love to shill for dragons, oh, shill for dragons. That's a fun band name. Um, I I feel like. This idea is a little half-baked. And when I think when I say that, a lot of people are going to go, oh, you think they're bad? No, 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 no. No, no, not at all. I think the models are beautiful. They look great. I don't like the flying stands, but I think they. Uh, beside that, they look wonderful. 
The concept is beautifully executed, but they didn't go far enough. You know what I mean, John? Like, yeah, I there's a lot of gas in this tank and we haven't nearly run it down. Yeah, I think I think that's that's my point I'm going to make is that I I see these coming out for Stormcast and like it makes sense the Stormcast books coming if they were ever going to show up in Stormcast this is a great place to put them but I don't think that they're going to do such a big thing as saying dragons are back in Age of Sigmar and they're going to throw in just a unit of riders a hero and two big dragons mm-hmm. cool like that's neat um but also they're all blue and specifically the blue dragons are the ones that are working with Age of, like, with Sigmar the red dragon, the scarred dragon, specifically says he does not like working with the Stormcast and is fighting out in Gur by himself. And I worry, I wonder, not worry, wonder if that is a slight hint and nod to an all-dragon army. So I think they do deserve their own force and own book. I wonder if that will be something down the road. God, I hope so. Because uh, I have thought out this entire army in my head. And, uh, y'all, there's actually gas in the tank to have an all-dragon army. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, it doesn't just have to be, like, giant's level of big monster. You could have one big dragon and then lots of little dragons. Oh, yeah. And, like, medium dragons and, uh, and like, adult dragons. They scale up oh, yeah. significantly. Let me hit you with some concepts, John. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. I think I'm ready. I, th- I don't know if you're ready. Um, I'm ready. All right, all right, all right, all right. So they come out with a neutral kit that is the same size as the Scar Dragon and Krondis. Let's call them an ancient dragon. They're the non-named hero version. They're about as big as a Gargant. Maybe they come in around 500 points, similar power scale. Uh, And they are like your big granddaddy dragon. They're Peepaw Dragon. They're here to do the work. Um, Then you go down to like your, we'll call them like large cavalry. Uh, adult dragons as you know the stormcast are already riding things that are similar just take the riders off adult dragons great now you got some cool heavy hitting cavalry you definitely also got some room in there for like hero dragons of that level again could be very sick now you need to move on down to like the foot troops right john i mean you got to have some foot troops yeah yeah well i mean uh wing troops or i'm okay if they give us two options here I'm okay if they give us a sort of uh, developing dragon battle line where it's like younger dragons, or if they give us drakes, like young drakes that also act as battle line. Um, Because we've seen what a Drakoth looks like, so we know that there are things out there of like that sort of size, and I'm okay if they give us some drakes. You know, they're tankier foot troops that are almost expendable. They can hold the front line, make the charges, do all that stuff, set on objectives. Very cool. Now, you also need some, I'd say, utility pieces. Uh, I think this is where you could get into stuff like Wormlings, where you could have smaller units that are faster, flyers, to kind of zip around the board, grab objectives, and contest. And, you know, they are younger dragons. They're wormlings. Maybe they're more inclined to magic than raw claw because of what stage of development they're at. And I think that sort of running around the back line with a front line of drakes and then some adults to hit on the flanks heavy, heavy with a leader adult 
and an ancient dragon on a field could look like a very diverse, fully made army. And it would just be great. And it wouldn't take very many extra kits. And that's the key. Um, they could do it without having to pump out 18 kits in a box. I mean, you got yeah. an ancient, uh, a hero adult, and then like uh, regular adults, but that would be in one box. So that's two boxes. Drake's would be a third box and probably make it a dual kit. Uh, Wormlings would be a fourth box. Yeah, four boxes. You could make a full army. It's like Flesh Eater Quartz level. And uh, I think there's also more gas in that tank if you really wanted to get into different types of dragons or colors of dragons or origins for dragons of what realm they're from. Uh, there's some mechanical depth here that you can play around with to give you a whole lot of diversity for these kits in terms of how you play them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm... I think that is probably the route they'll go if they actually go a full dragon army. Like, I, I don't see any other route that they could do. So I think for, for me, it's rather a, are they going to dedicate to a full dragon army, or are they just going to lump them in Stormcast? God, I hope they don't lump them in Stormcast alone. That would be such a crying shame. It would, uh, I'm not saying that it would be like, you know, oh, I quit Age of Sigmar. But, uh, that would be a huge bummer. And, uh, I also think they'd just be kind of leaving money on the table. Huh. Absolutely, they'd be leaving money on the table. And I don't think as a company they really want to leave money on the table. Um, I think it would behoove them to kind of move these, scale these things up if they can. And especially with having a low kit uh, amount, it could give them a, a heavy hitter kind of like Giants with roughly the same amount of effort. Throw them in their own book, yeah. give them their own lore of magic, a couple of hero types out of the dual kits, and I think you got an army on your hands, and a cool one at that. And I also think it pulls in a whole lot of the D&D &D folks. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, my D&D &D brain is already singing with the idea of it. And th I've just built it in my head. You give me actual gorgeous models to look at? Oh my god. I could hook all my D&D &D buddies with that. I think it would be incredible and also it would be a great lore event to discover the new dragons or maybe like it would be the reign of dragons we could have reign of fire in the mortal realms and matthew mcconaughey can like be a stormcast and jump off the tip of excelsius into the dragon's mouth with an axe so good well like i think it's the pinnacle of the story anger of like destruction is resurgent and the dragons come back to fight the big monster like, that, that'd be very good. Well, it's not that destruction is necessarily resurgent. Life is resurgent. And, um... Yeah, 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 yeah. With life comes a race that you thought was dead. Life, uh, finds a way, Joe. Yes, it does. And, like, not only does life bring them back, but it's more than that. It's deeper. It's a chance to revive a society, to revive a culture, to revive lost knowledge it's a chance to get a piece back of what the realm was like before chaos and i think that's a resurrection i would love to see on the tabletop and in the books i mean if they came out with a novel about it oh good god i i'd never hit by so fast in my life no just have it 
That would I would be surprised if there's no novel about the new dragons for Age of Sigmar. Just gonna be super honest. I will read that also, but if they had a full novel about dragons coming back to like Gur to reclaim it, uh especially on the back of a whole dragon army, it would be good. It'd be so good. And I don't know. I I hope GW capitalizes on it and I hope they see what the what potential they have in front of them. I know they got a lot of issues right now delivering stuff. Um and they work in like roughly 3 year periods from like concept to creation, sometimes like 4 years. And I really hope that somewhere some place there is a modeler or rules writer or a concept artist who is sketching up all the stuff that we're talking about. And they're already in process. Because I will eat it up. And then I'll reread the entire Aragon series. Again. Yes. As is tradition. As is tradition. Y'all. Now I want to ask what you guys are thinking. Are, are we exceptionally dorky in a sea of dorks? Or are you also excited about dragons? Making us all equally dorky. Or are both of those things true? Yeah, yeah. This These things can exist next to each other. They are not mutually exclusive. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Uh, I, you know, I know some of the dragon reactions have been a little dichotomous, so I, I would love to hear your feedback down below if you're watching on YouTube. Or if you're listening on uh, the various podcast sites, reach out to us on social media. We love to talk to people on there. And we'd be more than happy to jaw about dragons till the cows come home. Or until the dragons come out. Ayo. And uh, for people who really want to go the extra mile, take the show, share it to some friends. Maybe you could try to build a little bit of hype yourself. I I don't know. Anytime you could get people to talk about dragons, I think it's a good day. So feel free to share it around. Yeah. Great day. Absolutely. Love dragons. That's why we wanted to record this today. <laughs> um, but for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide. Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time.